0: Believer's Voice of Victory. Christmas edition, Kenneth Copeland's article, His Excellent Glory. We live in a day where most people do just enough to get by. Rather than taking the time to do things right, they opt for what's fastest and easiest. They take an, oh, that's good enough attitude. And the faster they go, the less excellence there is in their lives. But as believers, that's not us. It's not who we are. It's not what we're made of, excellence, is in our spiritual DNA. We're children of almighty God, who is excellent in power, quoting there Job 37, verse 23. We're born of incorruptible seed by the word of God, First Peter 1, verse 23. We've been raised up with Jesus, his excellency himself, by the same excellent glory that raised him from the dead and seated him in the heavens, 2 Peter 1, 17, Romans 6, verse 4. Indwelt by and anointed with the same excellent Holy Spirit, Acts 1, 8. We are joint heirs with Jesus and partners in his ministry, which was and is a ministry of excellence. Check out Romans eight seventeen, and 2 Corinthians 5, 18. In addition, We have an excellent heritage. We have in our spiritual family tree ancestors like Daniel. Talk about someone who wasn't content to do just enough to get by. Even as a captive living in Babylon, Daniel did such a first class job at everything he was given to do that the Bible says Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because of an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So this Daniel prospered. That's Daniel 6 verse 3 and verse 28. One definition of the word prosper is to excel to the highest place available. And that's exactly what Daniel did. Faced with extremely negative circumstances, he kept being promoted until he was second in command under the king. If Daniel could do that under the old covenant, what can we do under the new covenant? Shouldn't we as believers also be prospering and being promoted to the highest place available in whatever sphere of influence to which God has called us? Sure we should, and we can. We just need to walk in the excellence of our true identity. I first received a revelation of this years ago when I was attending Oral Roberts University and working for Brother Roberts. He said to those of us on his staff, if we're to demand excellence from our students, we must demand it of ourselves. He was adamant about that, and I realised he was right to be. So, from then on, especially when it came to ministry, I followed his example, and that became my standard. I remember one time, in the beginning years of this ministry, I was in the studio with some musicians recording an album. We'd done several takes on the various tracks, but I was still not satisfied with the last song. I said, we can do better than this. Let's try it at least one more time. The guy who'd been playing steel guitar wasn't interested. Ah, that's good enough for gospel, he said. Good enough for gospel. Just hearing that made me want to feed the guy his guitar. I didn't. But I didn't smile either. I just ignored him, and we did the song again and again until we got it right. Of course, later the Lord brought us musicians like Steve Ingram and Phil Driscoll to work with, and they had an entirely different attitude. They stuck with a song as long as necessary. They'd keep recording one take after another until we all said, yes, that's it. Some people might call that being a perfectionist, but it wasn't that we were looking for perfection in the music. We were looking for the anointing to come on it. And it's an interesting thing. The anointing and the perfection run along side by side. Excellence and the glory flow together. Put some pressure on the devil. One person who understood this was the Apostle Paul. He never had a sloppy, just-get-by attitude. Even before he was born again, his zeal as a Pharisee was unsurpassed, and as a believer, he became even more zealous about following Jesus. After meeting him in his glory on the road to Damascus, Paul went after him with everything he had. As he wrote in Philippians 3, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Remember the word Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung. That I may win Christ, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians three, verses eight, twelve to fourteen. Notice Paul pressed. He didn't just wait for his spiritual inheritance to fall on him like an apple off a tree. He didn't just sit down when he ran into hardships and trouble and say, I think I'll quit. The devil is putting too much pressure on me. No, instead of slacking off, when the pressures of the devil hit and they hit all of us, Paul turned the tables. He put pressure on the devil by continuing to press into the excellence of the knowledge of the anointed one and his anointing. The devil has no answer for the anointing of God. He can try to pressure us to back off from it But if we continue to press forward in faith to apprehend that for which Jesus has apprehended us, our pressure will win over the devils every time. If we take the attitude Paul did and say, forget the failures of yesterday, I'm pressing forward into my high calling in Jesus. I'm reaching for the prize of the anointing of my king. The devil doesn't stand a chance. That's why he fights so hard to talk us out of pressing forward. It's why he wants us to take the same that's good enough attitude he sold to the world. As the God of this world, he's blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. as 2 Corinthians four four. Now he wants to blind the church. He wants to keep us from seeing the excellence of God's glory that's ours through the new birth because he knows what will happen when we do. The manifestation of that excellent glory will increase in us and among us. People will see and hear about it and come in droves to hear about Jesus. That's what happened in Jesus's ministry. It's what happened in Peter's ministry and Paul's ministry and it will be the same with us when we step over into the fullness of the glory that God has planned for the church, our only problem will be finding room enough for all the people. We'll bring the final great harvest into the kingdom of God. Wrap this thing up and the devil's day will be done. Brother Copeland, are you saying the devil is scared of us? Absolutely. He knows even better than most Christians that we're more than what we look like in the natural we're not just flesh and blood human beings. On the inside, in our spirits, we're exactly like Jesus. We're carriers of the light and life of God. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6-7. Reading those verses, I used to think they were saying that the glory of God is our treasure. But in this context, the treasure being referred to is actually the knowledge of God's glory. The Greek word translated knowledge there means a working knowledge. What's a working knowledge? I compare it to the kind of knowledge that, as a pilot, I have about airplanes. Anyone can ride on a plane, but I understand how to operate it. I have enough working knowledge of aviation that rather than just being a passenger, I can get in the cockpit and fly the plane wherever I want to go. That's how it ought to be for us as believers where God's glory is concerned. Every one of us has the glory inside of us. So the potential for us to operate in it is there. But most Christians haven't done much with that potential. They're more like spiritual passengers than pilots because they don't understand the principles by which the glory works. They don't know what to do with it, what feeds it, or what hinders it. The good news, however, is that the knowledge is available. God has already given it to us. We just have to press into the excellence of it by making a quality decision to step up into a higher place in our walk with God. Golden Vessel or mud pot. Well, Brother Copeland, I believe how high I go spiritually is up to God. Like the Bible says, in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honour and some to dishonour. So if God decides to make me a little mud pot, that's what I'll be. God isn't the one who makes the decision. You are the verse that follows the one you just quoted, makes that clear. It says, If a man therefore purge himself, he shall be a vessel unto honour, sanctified, and meet or profitable for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. 2 Timothy 2 verses 20-21 Every child of God is a golden vessel if they just knew it. The choice as to whether we live like one, however, is up to us. We can either slop along as little mud pots, or we can cleanse ourselves of dishonourable attitudes and actions and serve God with glory and excellence. Part of serving him with excellence is doing what he tells us to do, exactly how and when he tells us to do it. It's obeying his written word and the promptings of his spirit, even about issues that to us might seem small. There's no such thing as a lightweight command from God. Whatever he tells us to do, there's a reason for it, and it's big. Let me give you an example from my own life. In the early days of this ministry, the Lord told me to begin exercising. Kenneth, start walking and don't quit, he said. I didn't want to hear that. I'd hated exercising ever since I played football in high school. Plus, I didn't see the value of it. So even though I'd understood God's instructions perfectly, I'd walk for a few days, then just slough it off and soon forget about it. Knowing I had to lose weight to fulfil my ministry calling rather than exercise, I used different dieting programmes to get rid of the 30 or 40 extra pounds I was carrying. I hoped that would be good enough. But eating healthier didn't get my body fat percentage down to where it should be. Most of the time it stayed around 30 to 35%. Then, about three years ago, the Lord was speaking to me again about excellence, and while pointing out some areas where I'd gotten sloppy, he brought up exercise again. What are you going to do about that? He asked. I wasn't planning on doing anything about it, I replied. Well, you're going to have to, he said. So, at 80 years old, I finally got with the program. I made a quality decision I would start exercising, not quit and get my body fat down to 18%, 3% above the optimum, which has always been my dream. Why did I set my sights so high? Because my physical body is part of the excellence of God. It affects how much of the glory I can walk in. I know now that if I'd just done what he told me to five decades ago, I would have dodged a lot of the back pain I've dealt with over the years. The Lord had already sent me one of the finest trainers in the country. Everything I needed was already in place, and the trainer had been doing his part. I just had to start doing mine. I did, and once I realised the excellence of the glory of God in that area of my life, what had seemed impossible for 20 years suddenly began to happen. My body fat began to drop, and within two and a half months, it was at 15%. Now, at 83, I'm carrying out a brand new mandate from God. Instead of winding down, I'm pressing with renewed energy toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of the anointing and glory of God. I'm telling you, God is ready for that glory to come into full manifestation in us and through us. He's ready for it to flow through the church until it covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. He's just waiting for you and me to get our acts together. Let's do it. Let's tighten up the ship, move in obedience to him and go back to our first love. Let's live as the people of excellence we were born again to be.